Hello, and welcome to our second episode of Hudson Montessori's. Uh, my name is Matt Virgil. I'm the head of school at Hudson Montessori School. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Um, in this episode, Ms. Michelle and I have a chance to catch up with Neeraj Nayak. Neeraj is a graduate of our school, and um, after, our, after graduating from HMS, uh, Neeraj attended Western Reserve Academy, and he's currently a senior at Emory University, where he's um, doing a lot of interesting things both in and out of the classroom. I think that you're going to enjoy the conversation. Um, I did want to let you know that uh, the internet connection that Neeraj, uh, that we had with Neeraj uh, was a bit unstable. So at some points, um, you're going to hear some uh, technical garble, uh, some feedback. And um, don't let it make you turn it off. Um, it, it, does, uh, it does resolve itself. And I, and I don't think it's going to interfere with you uh, uh, enjoying this conversation. So again, thanks for uh, tuning in to this episode of Hudson Monta Stories. Looking forward to bringing you episode three in a couple of weeks. And um, if you have any feedback on the on the um, on the podcast, you're welcome to reach out to me uh, here at Hudson Montessori School. My email address is mvirgil at hudsonmontessori.org. I'd love to hear hear what you think. Have a great day. Thanks. Well, Neeraj, thanks for joining us for uh, this episode of Hudson Montessori Stories. Um, I'm actually talking to you with Miss Michelle in my office here at Hudson Montessori School in Hudson, Ohio. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. And tell us, where are you joining uh, joining us from today? Uh, I am in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, at Emory University, where I'm in my last year. Okay, wonderful. So, um, are you a Braves fan? I... Honestly, I'm not keeping up with Atlanta sports as much as I should. Um, but the big sport here to follow is soccer. Atlanta United has like the biggest following. Oh, okay. The MSL. Okay, very good. Yes. Wonderful. So you're a supporter of them? Yeah. Yes, I am. All right. Awesome. So, um, Neeraj, I have some questions about you that I'd like to ask so that uh, some of your fellow alumni can kind of catch up on what you're doing or also, maybe if someone doesn't know you, they get to know just uh, get to know who you are as a person. Um, the sure. First, the first thing I was going to ask: so you mentioned you're a senior at Emory University in Atlanta. Um, yes. What activities have you been involved at at Emory that have enriched your college experience? So I guess I'm maybe thinking about not so necessarily classes, but but maybe outside the classroom. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so the biggest thing I'm involved in, and I've been involved since uh, my second week of school here, uh, is the student newspaper at Emory. Um, it's a weekly publication, and um, this year I was lucky enough to be elected editor-in-chief of that paper, wow. uh, which is very exciting. Yeah, Thank you. And um, so uh, I'm putting in anywhere between 20 and 40 hours a week to help get this paper out. Um, and uh, it's just really exciting uh, to be a part of student journalism, uh, which I started in high school and have now continued. Um, and it's, it's allowed me to have some really amazing opportunities. So, is, that a yeah. is that a daily publication, Neeraj, or is it a weekly? Uh, so we're digital first, which means that if uh, like a story breaks on – say Friday, um, we'll get it up that Friday, but then we release a print issue every Wednesday. I see. I see. Yeah. And prior to being editor, what, what other roles did you hold at the paper? Yeah. So I, um, started as a features writer. So I wrote a lot of, uh, like long form profiles on, um, like famous alumni or, um, just people on campus, interesting professors and students. Uh, the first article I wrote was about this 
guy who uh, he's a student at Emory. And before he got to Emory, he uh, delivered a baby because he had served as an EMT and he was studying abroad uh, on a gap year. And then he got into the situation where this woman was giving birth and there was no one else there to assist her. So he had to help her give birth. So that was a pretty cool first story. Yeah. Yeah. That is great. Um, that's that. That's um, that sounds like a really rewarding experience. How big is the staff of the paper? Yeah. So um, counting every single person who works on the staff. So that's photographers, uh, business and sales associates, um, writers, editors. It's about a hundred people. Wow. Yeah. And you're the editor in chief. Congratulations. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I share that role, um, but it's still it's a big commitment. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, Miss Michelle mentioned that you uh, did some traveling this summer and went to Israel. Could you tell us a little bit about that trip? Yeah, so it was a program through Emory, um, and so we got to travel all around Israel. We went, uh, we went to every border except for the southern border. So we got to see the border of Lebanon, Syria, Jordan. Um, we were on the Mediterranean. Uh, we went all the way to the border of Gaza, which was hmm. probably the most dangerous thing that we did. Um, but uh, when you get to meet the people who live uh, inside the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, I think it um, taught me a lot about how life can be different and how lucky I am to have grown up in America um, and somewhere as safe as Hudson. Um yeah, I think we, we got to meet with members of the Israeli government. We went into the West Bank where Palestinians live, um, got to meet uh, members of their political parties. Um, we met with locals. We toured religious sites. Um, <clears throat> we went to we stayed at a commune one night in uh, the Golan Heights, which is the northern area of Israel. That was pretty cool. Um, but in general, I mean, it was just like such a unique experience. I think I'll remember it for the rest of my life. And, and uh, so you you said it, it kind of you took it away that you were feel very fortunate to have grown up in the United States. Did, are there any other observations that you made about that Israeli Palestinian situation that yeah. you think would be? Worth I think um, it, it was clear to me that, um, and I mean it's just my opinion. I will say that, but um, I think in general, a lot of people in the United States have these really strong opinions about the conflict and in general foreign policy and foreign affairs. Um, right. But I think when I, when I got there and I realized like, you know, not just these people are living in it, but their their parents, their grandparents, their great great grandparents have been embroiled in, in this situation for decades. Um, it kind of made me realize like that um, it may, it might not be the place of, you know, American people to dictate how, um, a situation like that should get resolved. Um, so, yeah. Yes, obviously, there's a it's a complicated situation to say the least. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. You had mentioned you had mentioned that um, uh, um, prior to us talking, just before we hit record, that you spent some time in Tel Aviv and. You said that I, I mentioned I, I I've not been there, but I've heard this. You know, one of the most modern cities in the world. Yes. And but then you contrast it to you know amazing uh, history that's in Israel. I'm curious. Maybe it's both. But if you had to pick, what was more appealing to you? Sort of this this modern country that uh, 
in some ways we could learn from and um, or was it the history of the country? Well, I think in general, um, when we were in Jerusalem, we, I mean, this, you know, if you go into the old city where um, some of the holiest sites in the world are located, um, I mean, it's just hard not to be just awestruck by the, by the, just the age of the, the physical objects that you're standing in. Um, that's pretty hard to, to beat, I think. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think if I had to pick somewhere to live, I'd probably choose Tel Aviv just because it, it seems like there's more energy in life there. I think, um, a lot, a big part of the life in Jerusalem is, is, um, faith and religion. And, um, as a result, I think a lot of people there are, um, dedicated to honoring their faith um whereas like, i think maybe like i don't know there's just more like most of the private sector set up in tel aviv like all of the big consulting firms all the big technology companies all have offices in tel aviv yeah. people call tel aviv the tech capital of the world so yeah absolutely um, yeah i've heard that yeah oh, that's well that's interesting so um let me shift gears a little bit uh are you um so this is a podcast this is actually a new podcast for us are you yourself a podcast listener and if so what podcast would you say we have to have um uh, a listen to yeah um i don't know it's kind of a i started listening to podcasts because i first heard serial um which you know is the most famous podcast of all time maybe um and basically I really like the storytelling method that Pi use, and it's it's so um, multimodal because you can use many different types of audio, interview, um, just like spoken word to to tell like really beautiful stories. And I think as a result, like a lot of the podcasts that I like tend to be like those kinds of storytelling podcasts. So uh, This American Life, which is basically the the forefather of serial, um, I think it's it's such a good podcast mainly because every is about something different yeah. um, and. I don't know. You, you just, you can fall into a subject area so easily. And at first it's lighthearted, but you can find yourself, you know, crying your eyes out at a story because it's just so moving. And I think that's, it's really unique um, to that show. So uh, sometimes I, when I'm cleaning our house with, you know, my wife and I are splitting up and cleaning our house, I listen to a podcast. What, if you're listening to This American Life, what are you doing? Um, I think it depends. I mean, the nice thing about podcasts is that you can do other things. I also like doing, like while I'm doing my laundry, I listen to podcasts or uh, in commute, like um, I like to listen to them. Pretty much any time I am doing something that is not engaging my mind, I try to listen to something um, just because otherwise I feel like it's time you're not getting back. Uh, and uh, you, do you um, have a particular host on This American Life that you like? Is it Ira Glass that you like the most? I, I do think that Ira Glass's stories are um, the best. I think the the most well made. Um, but I don't know. I think um, Starly Kine. She wrote this really piece on um, how she broke up with her boyfriend, and so she tried to write a sad love song about it. And she contacted Phil Collins, and it was really. I thought it was really well made because it was very fun but also pretty um, honest. Poignant. Yeah, exactly. Huh. I did not hear that. I wanted to, to go that. back to that. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. Uh, yeah. Another question. So um, 
uh, your favorite restaurant, well, I don't know where it is, uh, maybe you want to name it, but what's your go-to order when you in your restaurant, if your favorite well, restaurant? Yeah, I mean, it has to be Chipotle. Um, I think... <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's to beat the quality of the ingredients and the price point and just the atmosphere of the restaurant in general. Um, it's pretty reliable. And I've, I've always gotten the same thing, which is white rice, black beans, fajita vegetables, tomato, corn, and cheese, um, sometimes lettuce. I think, I don't know, it's just very um, filling. And there is a lot of salt in Chipotle in general. I think that's its biggest flaw. But as far as like protein and carbs and um, the colors on your plate, I think they do a pretty good job. And uh, so frequency, are we talking once a week, more? Uh, um, I think it depends. I think when I was in high school, there was one week I went eight times. Uh, <laughs> I think my sophomore year of high school, I think I spent at least a thousand dollars at Chipotle over the year. <laughs> That's awesome. In Hudson or in yeah, in Hudson. Okay, all right. They should uh, have your picture on the wall. They really they they knew me, um, which was crazy, but. Yeah, the other thing is like I had to walk from WRA to Chipotle, which is like at least a mile there and back. So, so you worked it off. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so sorry, did you you had a question though? No, it was it oh, was frequency. just a, it was, yeah, it was just following on, on Chipotle. That, yeah, that's yeah. A, a, that's an interesting answer. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shift now nearest to a point where we, these are questions that we ask everyone who comes on Hudson Montessori. So um, I'm going <clears> to <throat> do these sort of <clears throat> in, in staccato version, kind of quick, quick here, but sure. um, catch you off guard, but here we go. So um, what are you curious about right now? Ideas or movies or books, something that is making you think. Yeah. Um, I read a book over the summer. Uh, it was a recommendation. It was called effective altruism. Um, it's basically about how data and like, we should be thinking about the ways in which we're charitable. So like one argument that the book made was that, um, like we shouldn't donate to disaster relief funds because usually money is already set aside. And, mm. um, in general, like it would, you're, you'd be better off spending your money on something that's maybe less, um, the optics of it were maybe less, less, um, cool, I guess. Um, like, uh, yeah, yeah, one, yeah. one idea, like they really pushed uh, deworming, which, um, is basically like, there are these intestinal worms that people in developing countries get and they're not fatal. Um, but they like will dramatically decrease quality of life. And I guess, uh, studies have shown that if you eliminate, uh, or if you start these deworming initiatives, it dramatically increases, um, the, like the, uh, students' grades in schools in those areas and the quality of life overall. And the craziest thing is that deworming, uh, like one to administer one deworming um, procedure for like one person costs like three cents. So um, it's kind of these no-brainer solutions. Like how can you do the most good? Um, and that book kind of made me think about what I'm personally doing in my own life every day. Um, to like do good in the world um, and it, whether or not that's important and whether or not, um, you know, is it better for me to volunteer at a shelter or is it better for me to donate a hundred dollars to um, a charity for the homeless? Um, so I'm just trying to kind of consider those questions and um, 
ultimately come up with a, an actionable plan uh, that I can implement in my life for um, being more charitable. That is impressive. Is that a, uh, was that an Emory professor or? No, it was um, just a friend that I had from high school who was like, hey, you got to read this book. So, and I I had a long commute because uh, I took the rapid in Cleveland over the summer. Um, so I was on the train for like at least an hour and a half every day. So I was trying to read a bunch of books. Um, and that was one of the books I read. Awesome. Great. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. Great answer. Yeah. Um, who's been the kindest to you in your life? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think it has to be, you know, my teachers, um, in general, I think, the more, the older I get, the more I realize, and like now at Emory, I'll have these professors who, you know, are so focused on their research that they're maybe not, um, their biggest priority isn't maybe their lecture, uh, their 200 person lecture. Um, and so when I think back now to the teachers I had when I was five or six, um, and just the level of attentiveness that they had, um, you know, I really think that that was one of the kindest things that people in general did because it, you know, helps make me the person I am today. That's 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 well said. Um, are there funny stories that your friends tell about you that 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 uh, would be uh, okay to share on this podcast? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, the only thing that comes to mind is uh, how forgetful I am, just in general. Um, I've lost my keys to my apartment, I think at least 12 times. And somehow I always find them. I lost them on a bus once and I was able to find the bus and get the keys back. Um, I lost my keys once and they were going, they were about to replace the lock on the door and somebody found my keys while they were replacing the lock. Uh. (laughs) Um, so so you I don't know locksmith on speed dial or yeah uh no I actually I don't know I, I mean you don't need it. somehow it's like I don't even learn I just I haven't done anything to like make sure that doesn't happen again I just have like a little keychain that says please return to Neeridge <laughs> that's great that is good um so you're a senior you're thinking about yeah. your next step what's your dream job um Honestly, I, I would, I'd like, I think it's, I don't think this will ever happen, but I would love to open a restaurant. Um, I've been vegetarian my whole life and now we're like getting to this point in the culture where like everybody wants to be vegan or vegetarian. And I just feel like I could make a really cool restaurant for vegetarian people. Uh, so that, I guess that would be my dream job. In Atlanta? Uh, Atlanta does have a bustling food scene, but I think honestly there would probably be more opportunity in Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a group here at school, a bunch of us read a book by Danny Meyer, who is a restaurateur in um, New York. Mm-hmm. You may know his name. Um, Shake but, Shack. Yeah, Shake Shack is one. Of oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and um, he, but it was about his uh, approach to customer service. But that might be a book that you could pick up. He talks a lot about. Yeah. It taking a big gamble. He was not in, a, he was not a restaurateur, but he just made a big, he made just like a career switch and uh, it was a good move for him for sure. So. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. What turns you off? Um, that's a good question. Um, I guess it's just like when people don't care, like in general about things, um, 
if somebody is just kind of going through the motions, it makes me just want to not go. It makes me also want to go through the motions. I, I don't want to invest in people or things where other people aren't equally committed. That's well said. And last, lastly, what's your favorite word? My favorite word, um, I don't know. Um, growth. I feel like we've been talking about growth a lot, so growth. All right. Uh, actually, I lied. That's not my last question. So no. <laughs> last one is, what's your favorite memory or experience at Hudson Montessori School? Sure. Um, oh man, I I just there. I sp- I feel like I spend so much time there that it's hard to pick one thing. Um, but I think I would say. Uh, oh, going to New York City mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. in middle school, um, that was like really the first time I, I wasn't really on my own because we had chaperones, but it felt like, you know, I was on my own in this big city and uh, we did such a good job of planning the itineraries. Um, I like tell people that we got to visit uh, 30 Rock and that we were we just like got to see the set of SNL and NBC nightly news. And people still are like, how did you get to do that? And how are you like 13? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. We just, we had, um, we had an amazing program. Uh, and the other thing about that trip that I really liked was, um, the balance between taking in the city, viewing it through the lens of, um, the 20th century and immigration, uh, and, how much we were asked to reflect on those things and really not just, you know, be tourists in the city, but really engage with like its history and its um, evolution. That is cool. Well, Nearest, thank you for giving us a little more than 20 minutes of your time. We really appreciate it. It was a fascinating conversation and um, we will be interested to see where you end up next year. Once you graduate, maybe we can, have you back an update or something along the way. Yeah, that would be fun for sure. Yeah. Bye, Mirage. Thank you. Thank you so much. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye.